Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Hawk Hawkins. Joining me at hallway, Jake Clement, favorite podcaster, Charlie Butter. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true. I, I know that he. he I, I know. I know, I know that you think he. I know that he's your favorite referee, motherfucker. Yeah, that's true. He is. I, I don't know. Have you ever you ever refed for New York? I don't think you have. So uh, I feel like uh, that's on you, man. Your move. It doesn't really mean he has to be your favorite. Just means he's more successful than me. <laughs> he's already better looking to be more successful than me. At least you let me be your favorite. What the fuck? I, I got to get on that bandwagon, man. I'm sorry. That's that's how it is. I do a podcast yeah, well, with moved. you, so it must I must like you somewhat if I do a podcast <laughs> with you weekly and go to wrestling shows with you weekly. So, I mean, I don't know if I should really be. Uh, you really shouldn't be my favorite after what you dragged me to <laughs> last week. So I, I, I gave you every ample warning about that. Because <laughs> that is on you. I don't know, man. I don't think it was still enough. I think it was. Uh, I think it was still a trap. <laughs> okay. I got. I. I more. I more than like, Dude, I don't think you want to do that. No, that'll be all right. Okay, your funeral. Almost was. Thought. Thought I for sure was going to get the COVID from it. Well, we have a guest today. Like we, we. Like we seem to be doing every week now. So that's that's part of the gimmick now. Uh, this guest though is the new ring announcer of OWA and the most positive wrestling podcaster that I know. Please welcome Will to the show. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's good to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we first met through Justin, and uh, when I talked with you and stuff like that, you were just a super positive person about everything. And I've listened to your uh, show that you did for a while, the co-host wrestling show, and you were always just a super positive uh, you know, commentator on things. And, uh, when you did wrestling cheers, you were always super positive. So that's why I kind of called you the most positive guy. I know. Cause that's why, uh, I also wanted to have you on cause you know, the most about unsanctioned and OWA from being in that area. And, uh, you just always seemed like you'd be a lot of fun to have on and, uh, keep that positivity going. Cause some people just, you know, get negative about everything and hate everything. So, yeah, I appreciate it. And matter of fact, I don't even, I don't even tweet anything negative about anybody. If there's somebody that I don't like or I think's not very good at wrestling, I just don't say anything about them at all. So uh, it's a little easier that way to just kind of talk about the things that I like and the things that are good, and it makes everything a little bit more enjoyable. Right on. That's yeah. That's exactly you know. I I try to do that for the most part. I mean, sometimes you know I decide to be stupid about stuff, but for the most part, yeah, I try to be positive and just you know like things that you know that make me happy and that kind of thing because life's too short to be negative all the time about stuff so uh oh, so- let's talk let's talk something positive uh <laughs> we don't like to talk corporate wrestling a whole hell of a lot on this show we, we kind of have to talk but about think, this though <laughs> yeah we do kind of have to talk about it uh, after uh over two thousand days over seven years am punk get back and I didn't think it was going to matter to me until I watched it. And then I'm like, it matters to me. It does matter to me a lot. Well, how, how'd you feel about it? Oh, it was, it, it was perfectly executed. You know, the funny thing about CM Punk is I, I was not watching wrestling at the time that he had like most of his popularity and his, his good WWE run. Uh, I just, I just wasn't interested. I wasn't watching it. I was doing other things. And, um, <clears throat> So I kind of really missed out on like some of it, of his importance. I've obviously gone back and watched, you know, some of his stuff, you know, but uh, I, I think they executed it perfectly. And I think it was brilliant for them to bring him out instantly, you know, so that we didn't have to sit through an entire night of CM Punk chance for him to come out at the end of the night. Right. Uh, you know, they just opened the show right off with it, ended all the speculation, got everything out of the way. And uh, man, he blew the roof off that place. And what I and what I'm finding really interesting here, I know, Butter, you had mentioned something about how a lot of your fandom went away when Punk went away. Mm-hmm. So you, so you kind of feel your fandom coming back a little bit with him being back. I actually have a very close friend who was a big CM Punk fan. Like CM Punk, what got her into wrestling? 
And she kind of did the same thing. Punk went gone after about six months. She was like, I just haven't watched. I didn't realize how much one person meant to me until that one person wasn't there. As soon as he came through the curtain, I took a picture of my TV and I handed it to her and going, get you back. And then yesterday it was just, oh, I've been, I've been trying to watch the last couple of them from AEW to get caught up. Now I got to know what's going on with Punk there. Yep. It's that important for Punk to be back. I got I to gotta know what's going on. And I heard a lot of similar chatter on the social media over the last 48 hours as well. So, I mean, I mean, people can say whatever they want to about CM Punk, but like this dude going out an NBA arena on nothing more than we think he signed with a company. They kind they the YouTube catchphrase when they announced the on sale date, they sold out an NBA arena. Dude can fucking draw. Yeah, he uh I mean like when when he left, like I was still watching and I'd watch, you know, I didn't watch the main roster as much, but like I had my guys like Kevin Owens and, and Gargano and stuff like that. But there was always just something missing. Like I didn't have that number one guy that like I would specifically watch uh for and like yeah kevin owens was that for a while when he first came in and stuff like that but it was just it just wasn't the same and like not having punk there and like having that guy in the main event scene that was like my guy uh just really killed it for me for the longest time and having him back now like i've i've you know obviously i found other things i found you know independent wrestling and i really uh my heart's there now and not so much in the you know corporate wrestling scene as we call it but uh, it made me want to really start paying attention and watching AEW. I mean, on top of having, you know, Malachi black there and so many other guys that I really enjoy, uh, that were from the Indies. So, I mean, they're really what my, what's on my radar now. Like I, I, there's not much that can make me watch WWE at this point. So I think that's kind of where I'm going with that. So, but yeah, that was, it was a really great moment. Uh, I think I've watched that, uh, clip a, a bunch of times now so i'm excited to see what comes out of it yeah i i i it may not happen we normally record while that's going to go on but i might break down and actually order the AEW pay-per-view this time around i try not to order pay-per-view anymore network kind of foiled me but i might have to order that one yeah we might do early that week so that we can watch because uh, i know we'll probably do a thing in the discord uh that we normally do so We'll probably watch it in the Discord together, my, uh, my group that I watch with. So, Well, I guess we could jump into what's on IWTV this week and then jump into the review and talk all about Unsanctioned Pro. So let's get into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? All right, so August 24th, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Action Clash 50. Uh, followed by at 9 p.m. Eastern, the premiere of Freelance Underground Phase In Episode 4. And then at 10 p.m. Eastern, Industrial World Wrestling Good Vibes and Dives. Then we go to Thursday, August 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. We have New South Anniversary Show 6 at 8 p.m. And then Friday, August 27th, we have three shows. At 7 p.m. Eastern, we have Premier Wrestling Federation, Colby Carino's 25th anniversary show. Friday, August 27th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we have AIW, A Touch of Evil, featuring Dan Housen. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, we will also have Sean Henderson Promotions, After Laughter. Saturday, August 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we will have H2O Street Justice. And Sunday, August 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern, we will have Bloodstorm Pro, Welcome to Hell. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Okay, and I, I do want to uh, make mention real quick here. Uh, first off with the Friday show, okay, IW has a great lineup. So definitely, I'm going to tell you, check them out first. Mm-hmm. But check out the Colby Carino show. If they're doing Colby against Steve Carino, and yeah. I'm really curious how they play that. Yeah, I, d- I did That's definitely that. got my interest peaked. Uh, I do also want to make mention... Uh, as we're recording, it would have been earlier today. It would have been earlier uh, yesterday for those of you uh, listening on our regular feed. But Beyond Wrestling did postpone the American Rana show due to the weather with the hurricane coming in. And a very classy move on their part, I think. I know I'd, as much as I was looking forward to that show, I'd much rather everybody be safe and get that show out a couple weeks from now or a month from now when, and we, when it's going to be a little bit better make sure everybody gets through that safely. I, I wouldn't want to drive in a hurricane just to get over a fucking wrestling show. Is there anything you're looking forward to this week, Will? Uh, you know, the schedule, it's not a lot. A lot of that premiere stuff is like pre-recorded. So some of those results are out there. Some people I know have, have seen some of that stuff already. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the live show, 
uh, AIW obviously is is one of my uh, go to promotions. So I'll definitely watch that. Um, and I, I like some of the stuff that H two O is putting out as well. So probably check that out on Saturday as well. But seems like it's kind of a light week, light weekend. Yeah. H two O has been pretty interesting. I, I mainly watch them because uh, Bobby Beverly is there, and uh, I love uh, seeing him work. So I like checking that out. And uh, yeah, AIW, I'll be there live, so I may watch the replay once I get home, uh, just to see how it looked on TV. But see if I missed anything. But yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, I got a full weekend coming up though. I got uh, AIW on Friday with Dan Housen. Then Saturday is the annual. Wrestle Rager 5, and then Sunday is Old Wrestling, the Extravaganza. So I'll be doing all three of those. So I'll have a pretty busy weekend this this coming weekend. And then we get to record. Two out of the three. Go. Yeah, and then we get to record yeah. on Monday night with uh, Adam Van. So it's gonna be that's going to be a, a fun four-day haul for me. I'm going to have to try to get as much. Actually, might see you there on Sunday. Yeah. I, I forgot that was this weekend, yeah. Awesome. That'll be great. I'll, yeah, we'll be there. Uh, we... Uh, sponsored um, the show, and then I know oh, like, cool. there's going to see lots of uh, lots of people are going to be there. Like Effie's on that show, Lee Moriarty, uh, lots of debuts. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, he, uh, Justin does a really good really good job with that that whole just the entire story that goes on throughout the night is, is done really well. Yes, and we'll probably try to cover that on here too uh, once that becomes available to everybody down the road. So. The extravaganzas are always super fun. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see Inky Scoops anymore. I thought they said he was retiring after the last one. So I wonder how this story is going to go. I think it's going to have something to do with that election that they're promoting. That should be fun. Uh, Well, let's go ahead and jump into the review and uh, discuss why we're here. So the weekly review. Okay. And this week we are going to cover Unfunction Pro. I'm going to try to get the title the title right here. Optionally long title for the wrestling show, formerly known as Bash at the Fake Beach, and we're still bringing beach ball. Uh, so I'm, well, I don't know if you're, if you know, it's like the change from the title of just being Bash at the Fake Beach was this a corporate wrestling geek and the thing, being the similar logo, and they're being petty and fuck, or what happened here? No, so sorry what happened was uh i'm actually good friends with the promoter and it was originally supposed to be bash at the fake beach because there, it was going to be an outdoor show at a brewery that happened to have like a sand volleyball pit um they three days before the event the brewery backed out of the booking decided they didn't want to do it they they cited some insurance claims or something or another um the the promoter had put kind of most of this out there as public knowledge so i'm not i'm not really telling you anything that wasn't said but uh so then they they had to track down another venue so in doing so they they got another venue that was kind of close by uh fairgrounds building and uh just kind of made the title change just as kind of like a tongue-in-cheek little joke towards the previous show yeah, the, the the title would go along that when I was writing down the reading all on my computer, I needed like two lines on WordPad to get the entire show title out. <laughs> yeah, they even had like a really long hashtag for it as well when they were when they were when they were uh, tweeting some of those live stuff out too. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to repeat the hashtag, but take the first sure. letter out of, out of every word of the title, and that would not want to be what the hash, hashtag was. <laughs> oh man, that's wild. That's three days before. That's. Oh, it's so crappy. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a really it was a really poor move. Um the promoter had shared some of the email communication uh, on Facebook between him and the venue and it was just it was just in poor character by them, you know, it, it, it sounded like they weren't convinced from the beginning, so they probably should have just never did it, you know. We he had people coming out from various different places expecting a payday and you know, it's hard to to try to scramble and put that together. Uh, with with three days notice and try to find another venue so right. it worked out for the best though it turned out uh really well and the venue that they that they moved it to was 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 good it was good yeah it didn't seem too bad um i've seen shows in worse places so i think that, that venue oh, actually looked sure. pretty decent so the end up being moved over to the merchant building in delaware ohio let's go ahead and get into it our opening contest freddie hudson against rob killjoy 
I honestly and think pretty, this, this is my favorite match on the card, actually. This looked like a really good way to open. You got you got a little bit of everything out of this match. You got some mat wrestling, you got some strike, you got some high flying. But the only thing you didn't get was the hardcore because they were doing that later on in the show. I think this looked like a really good opener. Yeah, there was some. Yeah, it, oh, go ahead, Will. Uh, it, it went for uh, a pretty good amount of time, too. I think they really gave them a lot of time to to get everything in and kind of get everybody uh you know, set up and, and worked into being at the show. You know, that was kind of the thing after bringing everybody into the new venue and stuff like that and getting settled in and then having like a really hot opener that you kind of give, give them enough time to work was, uh, was pretty key. Yeah. This was, and, this was so much fun. Like there were so many cool spots in this, like the reversing out of the Germans was great. Um, there was, there's some really great stuff in this. I, I was really impressed by both guys. I've seen Freddie Hudson before I've seen both guys before, but Freddie Hudson, I really enjoy. And, uh, this match was, this was a lot of, a lot of fun. I, like I said, I think this was my favorite match on the, the show. Nothing really to me top this match going through the rest of the card. And Hudson is a guy who doesn't look like he should be a casual like he is. But at one point he hit the slight spread. He lands on his feet and then like goes right up into a moonfall, like just almost in the one motion. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, you don't expect that from a from a guy like Freddie Hudson, but there it is. Yeah, he he did he did he did a springboard cutter, killed George springboard on off the top rope. And it's really good stuff throughout here. In the end, it was Killjoy uh, getting up with like a suplex position and dropping Hudson headfirst onto his knee for the pin in twelve twenty one. You really can't top you really can't top that as an opener. Like I agree in starting off hot, but I don't agree in starting off with one of your with one of your probably two or three best matches. Like, you said it was your favorite. <laughs> Yeah, like I, everything else on this card really paled in comparison to me. Like I, I enjoyed some of the other stuff, but this was like I was hot for this entire match. Like this was really good all the way through. It's, it's like starting off WrestleMania with Bret Hart against Owen Hart and, and not having the Ray Ramon Shawn Michael Gladder match later on in the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll agree in in the fact that it was one of my favorite matches as well. However, I, there were two other matches I thought later on in the evening that were overall better wrestling matches in terms of just just overall from start to finish um but i put i probably put that the first match in the in the top three for sure okay yeah i've got this number two i've got one ahead of it later on okay so from there we go to a tornado tag team match team of yokai janai kai and yoya against the odie of chris copeland and jack andrew I personally think Janai Kai should find a tanky partner named like the Black Cobra and call the team Cobra Kai. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> Glad somebody got the joke. There's a little bit of a delayed reaction on that. <laughs> I, you you, you okay, your go. dad jokes. I'm sure, you know, people will laugh at that when they listen, but I know you too okay, well. Go. Okay, so this is going to be one of the few negative things I came about the show and that kind of, and that commentary and on this match in particular. Uh, first off, I mean, I know I drop a few too many F-bombs on this podcast. I, that's something I, I want to try to watch moving forward. It's a little bit different when you're doing a podcast compared to when you're doing commentary on a on some kind of wrestling show. Commentary dropping F-bomb really is a pet peeve of mine. Like, I feel like if you're good at your job on commentary, you don't, shouldn't need to report to that. And they do that here. And then a little bit later on, when they've got the double t- the double 10 count going, they're burying the referee on how he's counting the, counting the 10 count. But why? I don't know. I... I really wasn't paying too much attention to commentary. Like I, I usually like phase it out at this point. And uh, I thought there was a lot of interesting striking in here. And the, um, the one team, they had some like, they had some stuff that would have been cool, but I feel like they, they had some like miscommunications and it didn't hit and look as crisp as it should have. Uh, but I thought everything else was fine. I thought this match was okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was the. I don't know if it was miscommunication or timing, but yeah, I did notice that. Like nothing necessarily looked bad. Like I wouldn't say they botched anything. No. But you could tell. You could tell somebody somewhere would step off, and I'm not sure if it was miscommunication or if they didn't have somebody didn't have their timing down or what the cake was with it. Right. Yeah. In terms of the commentary, obviously being there live, I, I didn't catch any of it, and then I replayed it. Uh, on Thursday when it went live, but most of the time I, I watch a lot of my wrestling in mute because it's on my side monitor. So um, I didn't I didn't even catch any of that. Um, and then in terms of the of the the timing, yeah, there was this was one of the matches that I was really excited about when it f- was first announced because I knew you know all four competitors were really athletic and I I figured we were going to see some pretty crazy stuff. 
Um, the OD used to be uh, Awesome Odyssey. They were once upon a time tag team champions at, at Unsanctioned Pro as well. So they have some history there. Um, I, I think with some of the timing stuff, I, I think a lot of that for them was probably rust in a way. Um, they're kind of underrated, underutilized in a, in a sense. I don't know if that's fair to say. Um, they don't did not necessarily get as many opportunities as I think they should probably get. And that's okay. probably, you know, especially with the way things have gone 2021, 2020, stuff like that, you know, probably just not a lot of opportunities to kind of get some of that timing down and stuff like that. But um, they are really good. They, they, they do, uh, they do a lot of stuff with like paradigm and stuff like that and local Indiana, Ohio, you know, boys. So um, I think anything that, that you saw there probably be improved in the future for sure. Okay. Yeah, that make a lot of sense. And I mean, there's still some people that haven't come back to work after the pandemic yet. So and you're going to see that for a while. That makes sense. Yeah, it was Janai Kai getting a, an arm bar on Jack Andrew and forcing a commission in six minutes and 51 seconds. From there we go to a triple threat match. Duncan Mitchell against Cage Phillips against Jack Thomas. Uh, Jack Thomas, formerly of AIW, so Butters and I are definitely familiar with him. We've seen a lot of him. Uh, Mitchell and Phillips, I think I've seen one or twice a peak, maybe. Uh, do Mitchell and Phillips team up in some places? Like, they didn't have matching gear, but there was definitely a similar color scheme going on. Yeah, not to my knowledge. In fact, I'm not very familiar with Duncan Mitchell at all. So I was kind of, he was kind of new to me in terms of, uh, in terms of this match. I've seen Sage Phillips, obviously, several times at, at, um, at Unsanctioned Pro and his tag team work with Cole Radrick and stuff like that. So really familiar with him, really familiar with Zach Thomas, obviously AIW. He does some stuff with OWA and, and Unsanctioned Pro as well. So really familiar there. Um, Sage Phillips, another guy who I think is kind of under, underutilized i think he's got a a real big upside yeah in terms of not only his his technical work but also his look Mm -hmm. i think he has a really good look for for wrestling so i think uh we'll see some really good stuff out of him in the future for sure yeah i can't believe he hasn't blown up more like i remember seeing him at black label pro and like really digging like the kind of stuff he had going and like he kind of has like that harry potter thing going uh that he was kind of playing up a lot before and uh I think that really works for him. I think he's really good in the ring. I was really impressed by everything I saw out of this match from him. He He's definitely uh, improved greatly even from when I saw him. So, like, I, I think he's one to watch because I think he's going to be another one of them guys to blow up uh, in the next year or so. Okay, the match here, at least it's not falling into the triple, triple threat matches that I hate or basically glorified one-on-one most of the way. All, you know, all three guys are in the match and in the thick of it for most of it. So I, so right off the bat, like one of the better triple threat matches I've seen in a while. Uh, the downside to doing a beach theme show, especially when you're adding, we are bringing beach ball into the show title, is people start throwing the beach ball into the ring during the match. Get a little bit, of, get a little distracting. <laughs> it was actually encouraged by both talent and promotion to do that. So <laughs> it was I kind of figured a thing they were having fun with. Yeah. Wrestling fans, yeah, it, and don't, it, it comes into play a little heavily in the later match too. In, <laughs> indie wrestling fans aren't ones to to kind of do that shit uh, without being told like, "Hey, it's okay if you do this." Like they're they they're pretty good at policing themselves for the most part. So I, I, when that happened, I was like, "Okay, they must have been like super lax about it and told them it's fine, like to do it, whatever." So yeah, I didn't. I know that you have like really strict pet peeves about that jayhawk i was kind of wondering if you're going to bring that up at all so yeah, I, I, it maybe maybe it's just because i've been in the in the ring as much as i have yeah, over my lifetime but the only thing in the ring is a big pet peeve of mine like i like dreamer before a match or something yeah i don't mind something like that but once the match gets going it, it, it does kind of bother me a little bit and again like like nobody seemed bothered by it here i'm I'm not at concerned with throwing a beach ball in the ring. I am like throwing a bottle or a can or something like that. But yeah. And I, I think the other thing too, is like beach balls in general have like a negative connotation just, just from like WWE stuff, you know? Yeah. So anytime beach balls are at a corporate wrestling, as you guys called it show, you know, that it kind of just brings a negative vibe to it. Um, but in this, in this instance, they, the beach balls were actually supplied by the, by the promotion. So they had them there already. That was kind of, that was kind of the gimmick. So, uh, people were just kind of batting them around all night and just kind of having fun with the, with the atmosphere. So I think everybody was for the most part was pretty cool with it. 
H. Phillips got the one. He pinned Max Thomas with a running knee in 752. Uh, Thomas does have a beautiful frog splash on Mitchell not too long before the match end, which was really not really nicely done. Again, I, I liked I liked this just because it didn't fall in that normal triple threat trope. Mm-hmm. It's fairly short. It doesn't wear out, wear out its welcome. Uh, yeah, no issue with that. Yeah, I thought it was fast paced. There was a lot of action, and like I said, I like you know I've seen two of the guys before, um, and the third guy impressed me, so I thought it was a good match. Echo ring announcer in in the ring here, trying to get ready to introduce the hardcore title match. Jeffrey John and come in and take the microphone. The audio is not really good here, so it's hard to make it out. But I was able to make up enough to know that Jeffrey John wants the match. He's not going to lose the ring. He'll come and have the ball to fake him. Ring announcer announcing that there is a substitution in the hardcore title match. Tries to tell John that there's no room on the card for him. John holds his ground until Terrell Kenneth finally comes out for the uh, to take the match. So that's what we have here. Jeffrey John against Terrell Kenneth. Uh, they're on the floor really early, like maybe a minute in. Uh, someone in the, in the crowd holds Jeffrey John when they're on the floor. Kenneth does a big wind-up. Go for a poke to the eye instead. That was now, me. That was By you? The way, that was me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to okay. mention that, uh, you know, <laughs> Will was on, you know, there and, and doing things throughout there. I saw him and Caden, so. Yeah. What I love about this, is first off, I think Kenneth's supposed to be the baby fake, if I'm not mistaken. Link that the vibe I got, you know, from watching this. I could be wrong on that. Usually it's the heel that does that big cut up and does something like a poke to the eye. Because it's kind of a neat change of pain. Uh, the crowd starts chanting, you stick fuck at that spot, too. <laughs> That's when you can tell like the the crowd's good vibes because when they when they you know get something fun like that going after such a, a simple little thing it's like okay th- I, I, this crowd's good this crowd's fun yeah the crowd's one of my favorite parts of this show uh come up come gonna play a little bit later in this match Kenneth Glam John the crowd starts chanting ten more times ten more times so we pick them up and flank them again and the crowd chants becomes nine more times nine more times before <laughs> you know John finally gets a chop to the throat to stop him he doesn't want to get slammed ten fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking great. I I could I lost it on that. Yeah, Kenneth yeah. ended up getting Kenneth up getting the win in six minutes and two seconds. I missed the finish on this one. I had a tech match coming to my phone. I didn't think the match was gonna end so quickly. I looked at it, and by the time I looked up, it would go over. Went, what the fuck? Yeah, just to give you a little uh, a little background to the intro, um, there had been some tweets exchanged uh, between Jeffrey John and the Unsection Pro Twitter account earlier in the week about him wanting to work uh the unsanctioned pro show and them telling them that he they they didn't have any room for him because the show was already booked and he basically was saying on twitter that he was going to show up and and do the the kanye spot from the grammys with with taylor swift um the audio was bad in the building as well so it was it wasn't clear to make out when we were there either um but he basically grabbed the microphone and did you know did the kanye bit and uh that's kind of when when TK came out was shortly after that, you know, when he was challenging somebody. Um, TK is a guy who's come to Unsanctioned Pro, you know, several times in the past. Uh, not a guy that I'm real familiar with in, in other locations. I don't I don't necessarily see uh, him out and about as much. And I know after speaking with some other people that, you know, during during 2020 and stuff, he wasn't taking any bookings at all. So. Uh, it was good to see him back. The crowd, uh, you know, as you kind of mentioned, was really behind him. He's he's had a, a really good history at Unsanctioned Pro in, in, in terms of doing uh, a bunch of different things, the tag tournament and some other stuff. So he's kind of a fan favorite. People people really like him there. So it was kind of it was kind of a big moment for that. He he kind of cut a promo after the finish, you know, thanking everybody because he. He just didn't know what kind of reception he was going to get because it, it had been so long since he had been there. Um, and the spot that you mentioned where, where Jeffrey lands on my lap, you know, I know him personally. You know, we hang out every once in a while. So he, he he's he's there on my lap and I'm I'm holding his arms and he says, hey, man, let me go. Let me go. And I so I let him go. And he said, no, man, don't really let me go. So I, <laughs> I re, like I like grab his arms even harder and pull him back and he's like yeah yeah just like that so it was funny because i was you know what i mean it's like you're you're, you're kind of friends with him and he sits <laughs> down and he's like let me go let me go and i'm like okay like that i don't know what i'm doing you know what i mean no one talked to me about this beforehand so uh i just let him go and he's like no 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 <laughs> so uh yeah that part was pretty that part was 
uh, you know, that that happens to us every once in a while on Sanction Pro. So it's always a good time. I love when that happens. Even before I got into business, I was writing for a website called thesmartmark.com. And I would just go to show, take note, write articles about the shows I went to. And I got to the point I went to enough shows with enough of the same guys that they started knowing who I was and that I wrote for the site. And one of the guys would do his dive on my side of the ring every single show, whether the hard camera was there or not. Like, oh, I know that guy. I'm going to dive toward him. He knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be like little shit like that. Even before I got into business, stuff like that happened. Then I got into business and like Keel would like shove me down if I was getting, if I just came to a show to count in the crowd, they would like shove me down if they knew I wouldn't get pissed off. I shove you down or not at shows. <laughs> uh, you go, know, yeah, yes, you do. Because I'm a bully. So you all go flip me off when we are at show and off and not on show, quite Th- frankly. This is true. That was really fun though. And then we do finally get to that hardcore title match that they, that they had advertised. It is Lord Crew taking on Kevin Geeka. Lord Crew has Lexus Montek and Aaron Williams at ringside with him. Uh, now, I'm going to ask you this question here, Will, because Cage Match listed as being for the Interim Hardcore Championship, and I, and I know they mentioned Alex Cologne's name once or twice on commentary, like the winner that's going to have the Alex Cologne in their future. So, like, is Alex Cologne actually the quote-unquote official hardcore champion and, and they're waiting for an injury to kind of unify league, or what's going on with that? Yeah, he's the, he's the actual champ. Um I think Laura Crew just kind of commandeered um, this this title after uh, I think it was Unsanctioned Pro 11, 11 or twelve. Um, so yeah, he's he he, he has ownership of, of the title, but uh, you know it's kind of it's kind of going into into the stable that he's formed with with uh, the other two gentlemen that you mentioned, the Cincinnati's Most Wanted, where they're kind of. Uh, hell-bent on just taking opportunities that haven't been given to them so they're they're also uh taking championships as well so yeah, for this being a hardcore title match there's actually some wrestling to start in the beginning of it which is a nice little change of pain uh, very pretty early in the match Gigan going for a gun cut flip and he winds up pulling crew and tight down and to reveal some leopard print underwear <laughs> that's like that's my spot out of, like right out of like 1970s memphis and at that point, that's when we start getting into the faster pay and start getting the weapons involved and things like that. And this is really the only match that really uses a lot of weapons as well, which is also kind of a nice change of pace for the Indians in this day and age. A lot of times, once they start, they seem to never stop. They're pretty much all relegated to this match. Yeah, and and, and having weapons and stuff is usually an, an unsanctioned pro staple. You know, it's it, it tends to be more of a hardcore promotion. So the fact that you know they really limited it this time, especially with just the way, just the flow of the rest of the card, um, and and who the matchups were and the competitors and things like that. I just don't think it, it anywhere else in this card made sense to have any more uh, weapons or you know tables, ladders, chairs, any of that type of business. It just it, it was just the f- the way things went. Um, you know, typically there are a little bit more. Uh, deathmatch guys or or hardcore wrestlers on the card. Uh, this one this one really didn't lean that direction. So I think it it was a good change of pace, but also good uh, good structure or uh, by the booking. You know to to kind of limit it to the one match that was for the hardcore championship and was for you know uh, a hardcore style, and then kind of let everybody else do the, the style that they're accustomed to. And put that in perspective, like Aaron Williams wrestled later on in this card, and he's like an IWA Mid-South staple, and they've kind of got that same reputation. And even he doesn't really, really get into the weapons or anything like that in his match later on. It really all contained in this match. Uh, but really, kick spot of the night, Kevin Giga hit Lord Crew with a Canadian Destroyer through a door. Yeah, that was and awesome. I legit, yeah, I legit thought that was the finish. It wasn't only got a two count. Uh, it's not too long after that crew gets an inverted suplex into a door, then follow it up with a suplex into a power bomb for the pin. Fourteen twenty-seven to retain his disputed share of the hardcore championship. Again, yeah, fun little matchup here. It didn't start off. Didn't start off right with okay. Let's just see what kind of weapon we can use. They built to it, told a story. I enjoyed them. Yeah, for for me, for me, crew is a guy who who once again, and this kind of seems to be the the. Uh, kind of the story surrounding a lot of guys that, that work frequently at Unsanctioned Pro, but uh, just a, a guy that hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunities that I think he deserves as well. 
Um, he he's on a little bit of a run right now, especially within within Unsanctioned Pro. I know he's doing a lot of stuff down at No Peace. Uh, he he made a appearance uh, with uh, ICW and a couple other things. So he he's definitely got a lot a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but it it could go it could go higher. I think his ceiling is a lot higher than than where he's at right now. So I look for. Uh, a lot of things to come his way in the future, just based on you know the run that he's on right now, and then how much more successful it would be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Alex Cologne won the Hardcore Cup, uh, the Unsanctioned Pro event over the summer that, that didn't have fans, but it was on IWTV, and uh, you know eventually uh, Crew's going to have to pay the piper, and he's going to have to he's going to have to have that showdown with Alex Cologne, and he, he's going to have to be prepared for that, and. Uh, it's it's gonna be a little, it's probably gonna be a little bit more hardcore than uh, than this match here was. Um, but Kevin Giza is a, is another guy who I think is kind of just getting uh, just getting a little bit of exposure. I know he's a IWA Mid South guy as well. I think he's kind of uh, he's kind of taken off in his own right. See his name popping up a little bit more here and there, and uh, he's good. He's really good, and it it didn't seem like you know from the stuff that I've seen from him that. Hardcore wrestling is is necessarily his forte. I feel like he's a, a little more athletic and probably belongs in some more of those matches, like the Rob Killjoy, Freddie Hudson type type right. matchups. Right. Um, but he held his own here, and he and he did really well. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see more from him in the future. Yeah, I like both guys. Uh, I thought this was a fun hardcore match. Um, I was surprised that Kevin Geezer was doing a hardcore match. Like I said, like you said, it doesn't really uh, fit his style. So I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." And uh, I thought I thought it was well done. It was it was pretty good. Okay, from there, we have Lucas Montez taking on Trey Shaw. Uh, kind of short and sweet, honestly. This match only goes about three minutes and fifty eight seconds. It's pretty even for the most part. Montez lands a flying knee, and Shaw is out cold, and the referee stopped the match. Then wasted no time stopping the match. Yeah, I look brutal. Montez tried to break Shaw on, Shaw's arm with the Kimura after after the match up there. So, you know, one kick okay. Let's go ahead and, and get an angle in here and get something else out of it. Perfectly fine there. Yeah, I, I, kind of kind of an abrupt ending, but I, you know, I, I don't know if he was actually legitimately knocked out cold or if the referee was just kind of like yeah, erring on the kind of caution there. So kind of an abrupt ending. Good while it lasted. I wouldn't like seeing a rematch. Yeah, look. Lexus Montez, absolutely one of my favorite independent wrestlers. I highly, highly underrated. He's done a lot of really, really good stuff at Unsanctioned Pro. Um, he beat Lee Moriarty when Lee Moriarty came to Unsanctioned Pro. So he, he's gone toe to toe with with some of the best people that Unsanctioned Pro have, have brought in or, or frequently bring in. So the 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 ability is there. Um, the opportunities, you know, that's that's kind of another conversation. But uh, Trey Shaw was not a guy that we see around on Sanction Pro very often, so I wasn't really sure what what to expect here from him. Um, but I think you know, Lexus needs to needed to assert some sort of of dominance in a way that this is his promotion. And heading into a, a, a what looks to be a brutal tournament coming up in October, um, you know it's going to be very important for the guys that that are unsanctioned pro regulars to be, you know, to be hot going into into a tournament like that because there's guys coming to this tournament from from Impact uh, from other locations that haven't wrestled at unsanctioned pro before, and you know you don't want to be the guy that has wrestled at all, you know, 11, 12, 13 unsanctioned pros and then have some guy come in that's never that's never been here before and, and take you out kind of in your in your own house. So, I think it was important for for all these guys, for Crew, for Montez, for Aaron Williams, you know, to to stay hot going into October, but to also say, you know, hey, this is this is our promotion. This is where we frequently wrestle. And you're not just going to come in here on on a booking and and take that away from us. So I think that was very important for him to for him to pick up the win like he did. He looked good. He looked dominant. And uh, we're going to see what uh, how that how that proves for him for October. Okay, from there we have Christian Robinson again. Don't die, Miles. The one of the best ring names ever. Don't die, Miles. Uh, this is another match very similar to the opening match here. You got some good technical wrestling. You've got some high flying. You got some striking. Got 
a little bit of everything uh, to the point that the crowd even chaining both the guy. They don't really have a favorite. They just like the match and they like the both guys. Yeah, I like the uh, the backflip he did into the power bomb. That was that was awesome. That really popped me. Uh, Christian Robinson. He as first time I've seen him, I believe. And he really impressed me, and uh, I want to see more from him. Both these guys uh, really uh, impressed me. I've seen Don't Die Miles a bunch of times, and I feel like he has improved. Like I, I know, I think he might have had an injury or something because he wasn't. Uh, I feel like I haven't heard him uh, from him in a while. And then uh, this match was just—he uh, seemed really on on point. Like he had some really great stuff in here. I really like this match. Yeah, this was this was right up there for me. Um, probably the second best match of the of the evening um both these guys i think i think robinson is a star in the making he's incredibly talented um it just like super super athletic he's care he's he he has a lot of charisma and uh you know he, he he worked his entrance he worked the crowd we we've seen him here before he came he came uh one other time maybe twice uh, prior to this, prior to this show, and uh, you know, was, this was actually a fill-in spot here for for Don't Die Miles, and we saw Miles at Unsanctioned Pro back during the Hardcore Cup. He had a one-on-one match with uh, Sage Phillips, but this was a, f- a fill-in. It was supposed to be. It was originally announced as Reed Walker, who I'm not super familiar with, um, but he ended up not being able to make it, and uh, Don't Die Miles filled in. Uh, like real super short notice so the fact that they were able to put this together uh as quickly as they did and have it turn out the way it did is kind of a is kind of a testament to both of those guys and their ability and 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 how well they wrestle um i think this was miles first match back in a while because yeah he had he had taken some time off and uh he came back and he he didn't look he looked like he didn't miss a beat so uh, both of these guys really good really talented but uh that that Christian Robinson kid is is uh, is a star in the making. He just you know the right opportunity, and it's it's going to be foot on the gas for that kid. Yep. Uh, they booked this on sh- on short notice, but they couldn't get Jeffrey John a match on the card without him begging for it. I call shenanigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, it is Robinson gained the win with a uh, with the cross fake in ten minutes and thirteen seconds, and then we go to our semifinal match of the of the evening. It is Aaron Williams with Lord Crew and Lexington Montag in the corner. Against the Infinite Man, T-I-M, who we know better as Timmy Lou Retton. And this is my favorite match of the night. I, lo- I love this match. I absolutely agree. I had a feeling you guys are going to say this match. I thought it was uh, good. I, it was probably my second favorite. And the uh, last match we talked about would be my third. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm so, Some matches, like I don't know. If this I felt like all 17 minutes of this match. Like It, it felt like a long match. I don't know. Something for some reason. Yeah. I could I could agree with I can agree with that. Now there now look we mentioned earlier that Beach Ball could come back into play later on. Look at the match that they do. Beach Ball ends up in the ring and the match just kinda grinds to a halt. Timmy Lou Retton kinda holding on onto the beach ball. And finally talking to Aaron Williams could kinda hold kinda like what am I holding this thing for? And yeah, Tim go ahead and kinda kick it out of the can and kick William fake in the process. A neat little spot, but I yeah, if they would have gone without that spot, I would have been okay with that too. The plot felt like it took forever. From there, we do get a bunch of other stuff happening. From uh, ha- happening, they end up on the floor like a big dive. Uh, fans are just pelting William with beach ball. He had kept like five or six of them being, uh, that are thrown in by fans. Again, I'm glad that we encouraged by the promotion, but if, knowing that, I feel a little bit better about that now. Like I got kind of a pet peeve when I first saw it. Uh, can I just say the best move of the night for anybody was William getting that cravat duplex on the on the Tim inside the ring. I love that move. I like that. Uh, in the same match, I I don't even know what you would call it, but when uh, when Tim went off the top and that spinning stomp that he yeah. did, oh man, that was that was it was beautifully executed, but it it also looked extremely painful. But he landed that thing smooth. I mean, it, it, and I and I think we have to take note and and mention the transformation of of Timmy Lou Retton. Like that's that's one of the one of the biggest transformations uh, i've seen in a, in a really long time um you know he we've seen him around this area semi-frequently when he was in the gymnasty boys and you know where he's at now in comparison to where he was then i mean he 
he's made no secret about it that he's you know lost like 60 some pounds or something like that and he just looks you know the, the gymnasty boys were good they were good wrestlers he, you know that was, that was never a thing um they were they were kind of they leaned a little more on the comedy side you know they were a little little funnier little hijinks stuff like that they do funny stuff on twitter and things like that but uh the, the, this timmy that we saw uh a couple weeks ago was was the complete opposite side of the spectrum uh from where he was in, in the gymnasty boys and he looks like he's legit you know ready to take on some of the best wrestlers in independent wrestling and i, I think we're gonna see that out of him as the year progresses and, and we move into next year he's you know he's had the AEW appearances as well, so uh, there's there's definitely uh, something there to that transformation and and where that's going to end up taking him. And I think it's going to be uh, in the conversations with some of the better independent wrestlers. Yeah, I finally got a chance to see him in person about a month or so ago. I happened to work a show with him. I didn't get to work his match, unfortunately, but I made a point to watch it. I love watching this guy work. And he had a match with Trey Miguel that was just fantastic. And I, 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 he's even more impressive when you get to see him live too. Absolutely, and you know, and the the spotlight here is is on Timmy, despite the fact that he lost a match. But you know, we can't shy away from Aaron Williams and and some of the stuff that that he's been doing. You know, just consistently. Uh, you know, you mentioned him earlier uh, in the in the IWA Mid South area. You know, he's been down there for years and years. Uh, his tag team work with, with Gary J is is taking a lot of people by notice as well. Uh, but just just always consistent, you know. Aaron Williams just never has a bad match. There's the, there's not a bad Aaron Williams match. They're always good. They're always consistent. And he he you know he just goes out there and and does the thing, and he knows who he is. Um, he he originally came to Unsanctioned Pro as like a as a mass character and a run in towards the end of a towards the end of an event, and uh, you know we had just got done having a tournament, and you know he was he was kind of uh, you know shooting from the hip when he got on the mic about people having tournaments in Ohio and not and not including Aaron Williams, and that's one of the things I talked to him about when I had him on my show was, you know, what's how much of this was, was you and how much is, was this you work? And, and, you know, even he's gone on to say several times where, you know, Aaron Williams hasn't gotten, you know, the opportunities that Aaron Williams deserves. And I'm glad to see that he's kind of taken those opportunities in unsanctioned pro and getting these higher profile matches uh, like this one here. And, you know, this wasn't the main event, but it felt like the main event. And I think this match I think this match went so well in a way that it overshadowed the main event. And I think, you know, even by two out of three of us saying this was the number one match of the night and, and the third person saying it was their second favorite kind of shows you that, you know, this this was, for all intents and purposes, the, a lot of people's main event, you know, after the show was over. And I think that's just a testament to both, both the competitors that were involved. The ending comes with crew distracting distracting Tim, Williams getting two roundhouse kicks, getting the pin, 17 minutes and 43 seconds. And that leads us to that main event that you brought up here. It is Everett Cross defending the Unsanctioned Pro Championship against Cole Radrick. And this match was so fast-paced that I really just bo- didn't bother taking note for, for pretty much any of it. Like, I couldn't keep up with it. I would try to type something down. I missed two or three moves. I just did one. You know what? Not doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll note the finish and that's good. You know, I, I say it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because in his spare time, uh, Cole Radrick is a demolition derby race car driver. And, uh, you know, that kind of emulates into his wrestling style as well, uh, where, you know, it's kind of a car crash, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Um, you know, he, he the dude has a motor and he, he's never shy on, on putting himself or his his opponent in harm's way and, and crashing things up you know for for lack of a better term but uh yeah these guys moved through the motion this was kind of a a, a match that had been built up for a little bit of time um evercross has been the champion for a really really long time and uh you know this was uh this was coming this this we knew this match was coming and uh cole had won 
had won the opportunity to to get this shot, and uh, I think he was pretty determined that he was going to make make the most out of his opportunity, and we saw that right from the jump. Um, it, it's important to to kind of mention, you know, I think a lot of people the crowd reaction was really good at the end of the match for Cole, and a lot of people, including myself, really happy for him and. You know, the, it, it's it's always kind of cool when you know the people personally or, in, you know, individually and they get these kind of opportunities and they prevail and it kind of makes you feel a little bit more than you would just feel for, you know, somebody somebody that you don't know or somebody on national TV winning a title. While still cool, you know, you don't really have that personal connection. Uh, but seeing Cole, you know, win this championship is, is kind of a, a payoff of a lot of hard work and dedication to to where he's at now versus where he's come from. Um, and the crowd reaction, you know, obviously was there a lot of excitement for him as well, but I think it's important to mention the, the previous champ, uh, in his run as I believe the only, the first and only unsanctioned pro heavyweight champion. He, he, you know, he won the tournament to, to become the champion and then he held it, you know, obviously the pandemic year, but you know, two going on, I think two years, two and a half years as champion and a guy who you don't necessarily hear a lot from or see a lot from, um, you know, you don't see a lot of his stuff on social media. You don't see a lot of his, his booking announcements and stuff like that, but he was always consistent and he came to unsanctioned pro a, a lot and he defended the championship several times and all his matches were always, you know, really good and consistent and he did he did really well as champion and uh hopefully that's not the last that we see of him you know an unsanctioned pro he comes back and and you know tries to uh tries to chase down that title and and get it get it back for the for the second time but um if he doesn't come back for a little while you know it'd be understandable as well 770 days as champion and this cage match is to be believed here he had six successful title defense before dropping the belt to Cole Radford here there it is. Uh, that that Kepler title defense, a three-way match over Devin Moore and jo- Jordan Oliver, over Levi Everett, over the one called Mander, over Dominic Garini, over G. Raver, and over Aaron Williams. I mean, that's a that's a solid list. Yeah, you was. know, especially when you're talking about you know a, a guy who you know he, he, if you were to put all those names in front of uh, in front of a lot of people he's probably one of the names on that list that you just named that they'd never heard of uh, but he's you know and he's the winner of all those matches and he's the champion in all those matches so that's you know that really says a lot about his body of work because those you know there wasn't a bunch of uh, John Smiths on there you know that was that's a pretty good run for for 600 some days as champion and and six successful title title defenses I, I just really really needs to be mentioned that that's that's a pretty successful run in my opinion now if you're not familiar with everett cronk he calls himself the god of driver and a lot of it often are variations of head drop type move aka driver and he hits a bunch of on radrick and radrick keeps kicking out of it and that could be in radrick hitting a driver of his own to get the pin in the title in 908 so turn about a fair play a little bit maybe get the belt I kind of kind of need how that ended up actually. Yeah, perfect, perfect, uh, perfect story there. Yeah, I really like Cole Radrick. I think he he's you know advanced so much in the last couple of years, and he has such unique moves that he pulls out. And I really enjoy um, just how his brain works to get into these maneuvers and stuff like that. It just it really is impressive, and uh, it's my first time uh, really seeing. Um, Everett Cross that I can remember, and I thought he was pretty decent as well. Uh, I was like, when he first came out, I'm like, man, I was like, he's their champion, but I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of him. This is really interesting. And then when I saw he was facing Cole Radrick, I was like, oh man, okay. Uh, Cole Radrick has really good matches all the time, and uh, I'm always impressed with his stuff. So it was on the shorter end. I was really surprised by that too. I didn't think it would be as short as it was. And uh, I don't know, like, there was. There was some like perceived controversy with Evercross saying he got his shoulder up, but I mean it was I thought it was three. So Yeah, if if he got his shoulder up, he barely got it up. Like I didn't I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary out of that pin, and then you know I'm the first person to call that out. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like that might be playing towards a future moment, but uh I I don't know anything 
I don't know anything behind the scenes, but I kind of felt like that that was kind of playing towards maybe a maybe a rematch or maybe a potential potential future storyline that uh you know maybe pays off in October or something like that. Right on. Okay, so where are we going with this? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? I'm gonna go thumbs up. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I, this probably would have been about a thumbs in the middle show for me if it had ended about the halfway point. But those last two matches. Well, two of the last three, well, the last three matches, really, but especially the, the two before the main event really picked the show up overall, in my opinion. I'm going to go with a thumbs up as well. Yeah, obviously, thumbs up for me. That, that goes without saying. Um, I, I think one of the things that makes Unsanctioned Pro unique and special has always been the crowd and the crowd involvement. Um, if you go back and look at some of the older Unsanctioned Pro shows on, on IWTV and you look at... I want to say it was Unsanctioned Pro 3, 2 or 3. The The first show was was good, but I don't think we really knew what we had at the time. Um, you know, there's not... At the time that this happened, 2018, there, there weren't any wrestling promotions running Columbus, really, that were, you know, it, that anyone was uh, really talking about or paying a lot of attention to, you know, Cleveland and Cincinnati kind of had the Ohio wrestling. A lot of it was in Dayton as well with Rockstar Pro and um, um, Sammy Callahan and, 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 and Revolver and stuff like that. So Dayton, you know, Toledo was kind of popping up at the same time. So there wasn't really anything in Columbus. And Unsanctioned Pro 1, you know, was, was still kind of uncertain, un, uncharted territory in a way. But by the time Unsanctioned Pro 3 and 4 came around, it, you know, we they were really hitting their stride. And if you go back and watch those shows on IWTV, I, I've I've gone to independent wrestling all over the United States, it, almost anywhere you can name. I, I've at least gone to one show there. In the crowds in those in those in those two shows, those first three or four shows was like unlike anything I've ever been to before anywhere. I mean, it was just insane how loud and how just crazy i mean just crazy people you know a lot of a lot of people were there from from like the deathmatch scene and they you know the hardcore wrestling scene and stuff like that so they they were kind of familiar with a lot of the guys that i wasn't necessarily familiar with at the time um there wasn't like a lot of huge huge names on the card and things like that but the crowd just kind of picked this thing up and just took it to an entirely different level and it's you know obviously we're 13 shows later and you can kind of see some of that in, in this show as well. You know, a little bit smaller crowd. We're still dealing with the pandemic. Um, it, it was a little bit outside of Columbus and so not not our usual our usual stomping grounds. It was it was about 25, 35 minutes north north of the city from, you know, where they typically run. And uh, so there's there's some factors there. The last minute venue change obviously can kind of affect attendance as well. So despite the fact that it, it was a little bit smaller crowd, it was still super hot all night long for almost everything. And, you know, a lot of the guys that that we see there frequently are really kind of taking the ball and running with the promotion and and doing a lot of really cool things within the promotion. And uh, this you know this show coming up in october man is insane like it is so loaded in terms of talent for the tournament the non-tournament action uh you know dan Housen, everett connors there's a lot of people have been announced those those are non-tournament entries you know the the tournament is still running uh with guys like kevin blackwood jake something i mean it's just it's loaded top to bottom myron reed is coming back you know, un, he's an unsanctioned pro staple. He, he's kind of, I, he wasn't at the, like the last two shows and in, in the hardcore cup over the summer and stuff like that. So we haven't seen him there as frequently as he used to, but I think unsanctioned pro, like one through nine, one through 10, Myron Reed was just always there, always putting on, you know, his matches with Trey, Trey Lamar. They, they had a, uh, like basically a best of three series that are some of those two's best work of, of anywhere they've ever wrestled. Uh, those three matches were, were top tier. Um, you know, and they, they finally got involved in the, in the, the WrestleMania weekend scene, you know, that down in Tampa, they ran a show, they had crazy circumstances down there with the weather and things like that. They were still able to pull off like one hell of a show. 
Um, and that's kind of been the, the, the theme of Unsanctioned Pro. If, if, if you know the guy behind it and you know some of the stories, it's never been a, a, just an easy road. It's always been, you know, last minute change of venue, uh, last minute cancellation, uh, obviously a, a global pandemic that, that wiped out two shows that they had planned and announced. Um, you know, so it, it, it's just been difficult but always, always positive and always, you know, moving forward. You know, if, if things don't work out in this, in this way, uh, we'll just do this instead. And he, you know, they've always had a backup plan. They've always, you know, made almost everything work. And it's really, really, you know, absolutely one of my most favorite, favorite promotions to just go to, you know, everyone's, everyone's pretty familiar with each other there. You know, it's kind of the, you know, the same vibe that you have when you go to AIW Every a lot of people know each other there and things like that. Been going there for a long time and stuff. So, you know, Unsanctioned Pro is definitely definitely my home promotion. Um, and just always always good, man. Always solid. It's a, it's a very very consistent promotion. Right on. That's uh, one of the reasons that you know you've talked about it. Um, we've kind of been watching stuff and hearing they've been making some buzz down there and it's like, you know, we need to go see a show. And, uh, with the lineup that they have announced for October, I've, I've been really eyeing it. And before we went on the air, Jayhawk and I kind of discussed possibly taking a trip down. So I think that's going to happen as long as, you know, the world doesn't shut down again or go crazy and get any crazier than it is. Uh, I think that's definitely in the books for us. Um, so that'll be nice to, to, support another Ohio promotion and check them out and uh, get to see some talent that I don't get to see in my normal area. So, all right, well, why don't we go ahead and, and start wrapping the cup here? Where would you have any plug? Uh, I, I really don't. Unfortunately, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of retired, uh, from, from making content. Um, I was doing a, a co-host wrestling show Thursdays on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash weapon X where I was interviewing independent wrestlers and giving away free merchandise every Thursday. Um, but it's kind of on a temporary, perhaps permanent hiatus. So I don't know if I, uh, if I ever come back to it or not, it was fun, but it, it, it kind of ran its course for me. Um, I like doing things from, from time to time when people were like, Hey, you know, you want to come on and talk about X, Y, and Z or whatever, you know, uh, been on wrestling cheers and a couple other things recently where you know people have just hit me up and uh, i still make content and stuff like that but uh i know i don't really have anything anything going on myself um i'm on twitter pretty frequently talking only about independent wrestling um at the weapon x which is w34ponx and uh that's really the only place that you can find me to talk wrestling all right we appreciate having you on man um, I, like I said, you were one of the guys I've been, I wanted to have on since last year and I kind of had to cancel on you last August was when you were actually going to be on here. Uh, I got sick and then like I got better and, uh, then I was like, uh, oh, we'll have them back on. We'll circle back around. And now that we're kind of doing guests weekly, I was like, I gotta have Will on. I've, I've been wanting to do one sanction and then I want to do another OWA show. And, uh, now that, you know, you're involved with them, I think that that'll be, um, a fun thing to do down the road here uh, closer to the end of the year. So uh, I'll definitely uh, be hitting you up to have you back on again. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah. I, to I totally forgot that we were supposed to do it before. I do, I do remember that now that you say it. Um, but yeah, as somebody who used to, to book guests for shows, I, I trust me, I completely, I completely understand how that stuff goes. And then, you know, other things happen and you kind of start moving, a, you know, in a different direction and things like that. So uh, it was definitely good. I love talking uh, independent wrestling. I love talking unsanctioned pro. So, you know, anytime I can do both those things at the same time is, is obviously a win-win. But uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. And hopefully uh, we see you guys in October. I'm sure I'll probably see you at, at AIW sometime before then. But, you know, if we, if we see you down this way, man, it, it will be a pleasure for sure. Yeah, and you'll see both of us uh, at the uh, old extravaganza. So, ah, uh, yes. All right, Jayhawk, what plugs you got, man? You can follow me on Twitter at Ref Jayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Ref Jayhawk. Uh, 
I don't have any in-ring appearance until September, and then I have like four within a week. We'll get over the we get a little closer to that. Uh, but I will be in attendance at Wrestle Rager on Saturday and Old Wrestling on Sunday. So if you're in the area, want to say hi? Find me. I'm not too hard to find. I and I love talking wrestling. All right, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. And check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, If You Catch My Grift, and At Odds With Wrestling. Check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Talk to you next week, everyone. It's the return of the gangster, gangster. The niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an eight-month-old child to raise. Plus, you true blue about this music, but they do not want to hear because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing and bouncing and shit. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping, but they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, rhyme jabbling, something mind unraveling. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy out, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park so they grow up in the dark never seeing light so they end up being like your sorry ass robbing niggas and broad ass they like get down return of the gangster gangster the niggas who get the wrong impression of expression then the question is big boy what's up with andre is he in the coat is he on drugs is he gay when y'all gonna break up when y'all gonna wake up nigga i'm feeling better than ever what's wrong with you you get down I want no trouble. A player just wanna kick back with my gators off and watch my little girl blow bubbles. But still ready to rhyme, standing my grind, never back down, willing to rob, steal, and kill. Anything that threatens mine. But good luck couldn't be bought, see. Many of fights had to be fought, G. For a nigga to ride these bowls, oh so close to the sidewalk, to be gawked at. Watch your side, my nigga, cause we got gas. The first nigga to buck is gonna be the first nigga we attack. Don't want that, but it comes though. Most of the time when you don't know. Sticking together like flour and water to make that slow dough. Work for everything we have ain't gonna stick up for each other like we brothers from another mother, kinda like Mel Gibson and Danny Glove Glove, strictly for the caddy lovers, and never the nut hugging pump motherfuckers. Yeah, so quit spreading them rumors. We ain't Club Nouveau, know that. Yeah, yeah. Gangsta.